At this uh, time, I'd ask you to stand as we start our service this morning. I'm going to be reading from Philippians chapter 4. And the Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. And be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is anything excellent and of anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Will you join me in prayer as we start our service? Lord God, I thank you for gathering your church together. And as we take the time to worship you this morning, Father, I pray that you would you'd receive all glory and honor. And Lord, this morning we come before you and there are things that are on our hearts that, that we want to lift to you and we have been lifting to you. Our prayers and supplications. But first and foremost, Lord, we come before you with thanksgiving. And we thank you for all that you've done for our lives. And we want to praise you this morning. And in the midst of that praise, your word says that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And so, Lord, as you come, we invite your presence in a powerful, mighty, and real way. And we thank you for this. Lord, we lift up LifeGate as they are wrapping up their service this morning. I pray for good soil where the word has landed. We pray for your blessing and your favor in that ministry, and we thank you for that body and the extension that that is of here at Faith. And Lord, as we worship your name, we pray that you would minister to our hearts and our hearts would be in the right posture and the right place as we lift up the name of Christ. And we thank you for this now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pastor Paul, come up here, buddy. I'm going to pray with you, and then you let it rip, man. I'm excited to hear from him this morning. He's going to be preaching from John chapter 15, the next part in our Upper Room series. And so if you want to turn there, I'm going to pray, and then it's over to you, pal. Amen. All right. Father, thank you for Paul and the words that you've placed on his spirit today. And Father, we ask for your grace and your favor upon him as he speaks what it is that you have given him. Help us to be in a posture to receive. Father, I pray against any spirit of distraction or anything that would cause us to, to not take this moment in just the spirit of freedom. And Lord, where your spirit is, there's freedom. And so we ask that you'd calm this place and help us to receive. And we thank you now in Jesus' name. We thank you for Pastor Paul. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Reading from John 14, and I'm going to preach from John 15, but to give you some substance from the word about the word you just heard from Pastor Russ. He says, John said, or Jesus said in John 14, do not let your hearts 
be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way. But we let things have control that we have no reason or right to let. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It does. I worked yesterday at trying to get ready for today. I had a call I needed to make in the hospital. I didn't want to go. I'm busy. So I ended up pacing the floor. And uh, the Lord said, what's your problem? Well, Lord, I don't have time to... I have the time. So I got in the car, took my anointing oil and my Bible, and went to see a person who requested prayer. And yesterday, no thanks to me, but all thanks to God, he gave me time. And he gave victory. She couldn't walk because of the pain. And when I got to her room, she was still uh, covered. Not in bed, but sitting up. When we prayed and the Lord came and touched her. Brother Lance, she said, I'm getting out of this room right now. This was not the person I got in that room with to start with. Grabbed her walker and she started walking down the hall. And she said, I'm praising God because he healed me. He touched me. Listen, we need to believe what Jesus said. If he said it, don't argue. But that's easy for me to say. I've been a Christian my whole life, just victorious every day. Praise the Lord. It's just been great. But I have to had to learn just as you do, and I learned it yesterday. Let not your heart be troubled. John 15, verse 1 through 8, is where we're going to pause for a few moments today and, and get, some, get some help. We're getting ready for Easter. Anybody know how many Sundays away from today is Easter? Four, five? Towards the end of April, right? Well, this was towards the end of March. And the, uh, he was, he, in the middle of this uh, uh, series that we were preaching, and Russ did a marvelous job last Sunday, but uh, there's more until actual uh, the 17th chapter. But uh, I wanted to remind you that these words that we've been preaching from and going to be preaching from happened all in one night. He had been trying for three and a half years to get these fellows ready for this event that he said was coming. They didn't understand it before, and they didn't understand it that night. So I'm jumping in the middle of this after Russ prepared the way for us last week. And uh, I just have to say, uh, 
uh, I'm going to back into the previous chapter because it all happened one night. And I think this might have been included, but maybe not. He, he said to them on the, in verse 28, chapter 14, you heard me say, I'm going away. And I'm coming back to you. And if you love me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I've told you now before it happens. So the, when it does happen, you will believe. I will not speak with you much longer. For the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold on me, but the world must learn that I love the Father and that I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. And then he said, come, now let us leave. I think I, I didn't ar arrange the Bible. I think this chapter probably should have been in a different place because they were, they were getting, going to be arrested. And, and by the way, you need to know that Judas, just prior to this, had been commissioned, uh, well, had been entered, Satan had entered him to fulfill his temptation to, to, uh, to uh, rat on Jesus. And Jesus knew it. And he said, time for you to do your thing. And Judas left. Now what I'm going to read is after Judas left. I am the true vine, 15.1. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. I, remain in me. Remain in me. And I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the true vine. You're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. And it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. He was going to have to rely upon these human uh, messengers to carry out a divine command. And I just have to say that only God can plan something as ridiculous as that. Because I know us. We have all kinds of reasons why we don't do what we ought to do. And it always usually ends up in doing things that we don't want to do. But let's back up. He's the one who authored all of this. And if he said it, it must mean that it's possible for us to bear much fruit for him. We came out of the Central Valley of California, and they had all kinds of orchards uh, that every spring would get 
cut. I've seen almond trees cut look just like sticks standing up there. And I wonder how in the world they're going to eat almonds out of that tree. Or vineyards where they've gone through and, and, and uh, pruned all the branches off that were not producing as they should have. It's funny how Jesus said, Father is the gardener. That means he knows what is producing and what isn't. And what I learned about grapes are that if you cut off the branch that did not produce, that there is another one right beside it on that vine. And he will prune that one that's left. The one that that's, uh, has no result is gone. It goes into the pile. And the other one, he takes very carefully and prunes it so that it ends up doubling the fruit that it did last year. Now, gardeners know this. I don't know that. I just know when I go to Walmart or Hy-Vee, I want to buy some grapes. But there is a whole list of things that need to be done before that can happen. And we would love to see growing churches and thriving churches all over America, wouldn't we? Well, don't shout me down. We need, we want to, but we're not seeing it. Except in the countries where that church is being pruned. And it's being ready for the harvest that is coming. I just heard last week, you probably heard it too, that uh, there's, oh my goodness, I don't know how many hundreds of Christians in Assyria that were killed by the false god. God doesn't kill his people. And they were killed because they, they just believed and, and trusted in the name of Jesus. Jesus told them, I'm the true vine, and they believed him. He said, abide in me, and I'll abide in you, and they believed him. And so our message today is pretty, really simple. He says the same thing to us in Palmer, Iowa, sitting in the middle of a cornfield. Well, not exactly. We're in a building, I understand. But we're in a, we're in a, a building that is filled with people searching and, and wanting to follow the will of God, and we're in a orchard or in a uh, cornfield we shouldn't we shouldn't prosper in. Uh, all the church growth people say, "Well, you got to be where there's a bunch of people." Well, guess what? You folks are coming here. And what are we hearing? We're hearing what Jesus said two thousand years ago, and I want us to not only hear it again today, but believe it enough to allow the Holy Spirit of God who came on the day of Pentecost to fill us and enlarge us and energize us as nothing else in history had done. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he'll bear much fruit. What in the world kind of fruit would that be? We're not, uh, we're not grape vines. We're the vine of God. We're in the vine of God. The plan of God from the very beginning was to redeem lost human beings. The battle is on and has been for 
since Adam and Eve. We're a part of that. 2,000 years after Jesus, imagine. Here we are. If you read Hebrews and he talks about the great hall of fame of the believers way back before Christ and those uh, since, we're a part of that. And so he said, bear uh, apartment, uh, bear I and him, back up, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. We have to purposely decide. When we got saved, we purposely decided. We sang a little chorus afterwards, I have decided to follow Jesus. Remember that? Anybody ever sing that? Am I the only one that sang that at camp? We did, didn't we? No turning back, no turning back. That's it. But in the meantime, life happens when you're 12 years old differently than it when it happens when you're older. <laughs> but the remedy's the same. I decided. I do decide. I have decided. Yes. I did, yes, past tense, I am deciding today that I want to follow Jesus. I have to remain in him. I have to abide in him. He's the only source of spiritual life there is. It's not, I love the Bible, and you know it's the word of God, and I have no problem with that, but it only tells us about the life. Gives us the history, give, gives us the instruction, give us, gives us the directions, gives us the recipe, as it were. But the life of God comes from the indwelling Holy Spirit that Jesus told those fellas, you need to stay here in Jerusalem after this crucifixion is happening. You need to stay because the Father will send the Holy Spirit who will endue you. That's a wonderful word that just means he'll give you the Holy Spirit for strength and wisdom, courage, and fruitfulness. What's the fruit? The fruit is finding others, passing along the good news. One beggar telling another beggar where there's free bread. That free bread is Jesus. You don't need to starve to death in this world spiritually. And people are doing it all around us. They have all kinds of stuff that they believe and that they do, and they, they, they make a fetish of it, and they do all that. But here's Jesus simply saying, abide in me. Abide in me. Here's a fruit of the Spirit that Paul talked about in Galatians, about love, joy, peace, patience, and that whole list, nine different fruit. I think it only boils down to one. Well, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And all those other words define and clarify what love means. Love means that we will put someone else's need ahead of my pacing in the floor. It means that uh, when you get, a, you get a, a message from the Lord, because you will if you allow him to, I found it a good thing to have a radio in the car. My, my truck, the, the radio quit. It fell out or uh, something happened. And uh, I tell you what. Uh, the Lord and I can talk with no distraction. And wherever we're going, we discover 
that his plan, and he, he's interrupted my traveling many, many times. I had to make a U-turn in the middle of Coffee Road to go back to the hospital I just passed. And I, the Lord said, I need to go see Kurt, uh, Cletus. Oh, Lord, I don't have time. Probably told you this before, and I won't bore you with it, but I'll tell you this. I turned and made a U-turn in the middle of Coffee Road in Modesto, California, and they didn't catch me. But I did it. And I went in a parking lot and went up to his room and ministered to him as God saw fit. Didn't even meet the guy in the bed next to him, and I heard that three days later, that man died. But he told Cletus... Who was that guy? He asked him, who was that guy? Well, that was my pastor. Will you tell him that I just appreciate him coming and telling you about Jesus because I just accepted him? Now, that's no, that should not be any grand news. That ought to be normal news in the church. Another one found the Lord. Another one found the Lord. Another one found the Lord. We need to be intentional about it, however. You need to learn to abide in him. Don't go off half-cocked about some evangelism plan that you're going to save the world. Don't worry about saving the world, folks. How about saving Cletus's friend next, next to his bed? How about saving somebody at hy of all places. Maybe they need it. Well, they probably do. Not any worse than Walmart, but wherever we go, folks, we're rubbing shoulders with the very ones that Jesus told us. Love them. Love them. Oh, but Lord, they got tats all over. Oh, but Lord, they smell. Oh, but Lord, they're going to want a handout. Oh, but Paul, go do it and be quiet. Abide in me means you confidently, purposely set aside your agenda daily. You do ask the Lord for an agenda every day, don't you? Everybody does that, don't they, Russ? Come on, help me out here. Does anybody else do that? Lord, you prepare the way before me today and I'll be obedient. You ever said that to the Lord? Well, I dare you to say it. I guarantee you, you're going to be late to some meetings. <laughs> you're going to be late to that doctor's office. He's not going to change anything that he says to you anyhow. So just stop and do what the Lord wants. If you abide in me, here's the key. If you abide in me, he abides in us. That's his promise. You don't have to talk him into it every day. You don't have to talk, talk him into it every <clears throat> month, but day by day, moment by moment, we can understand that he has charted the path ahead of us. And he did that way before any of us were ever around. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he said. And then he said, as the Father has Love me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love, and if you obey my commands, you will, you will remain in my love.
The Lord is the husbandman, and he does not make mistakes. If there's anything in us this morning that needs to be pruned, let it go. Don't whine and whimper and snivel and cry and kick, the, kick your heels in the air and scoot around the floor in your back. Just surrender. Lord, prune me. Prune me. See, the truth is you don't know the life flowing through that vine. You can't see it in a, in a vineyard. The, the bark covers it up. Well, in us, our clothes cover it up. Our skin covers it up. But if there's something, and I'm not here to even define that, but if there's something that keeps us from sharing the good news, even if it's in an awkward place, <clears throat> ask the Lord, what is that? Is that something that needs to be pruned? Then I want you to prune me. Prune me. You're my child, he said. I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. That's his promise. And I guarantee you, I have seen it over and over again when I have been obedient. In those moments when I thought it was very awkward, the Lord shows up. In fact, he's actually there before we get there. So I want you to pray. I want you to believe. I want you to keep reading the word. Drink deeply. Out of that will come a passion for those that are killing the innocent and they think they're doing God a favor, who's going to tell them? Some aren't even, aren't even out there killing others. They're here trying to kill babies, trying to, trying to rob you. We're living in a world that needs redemption, aren't we? We're not to heaven yet. I know, I know. I'm, if I lived in Iowa a little longer, I'd probably think, well, we're in heaven. <laughs> we're not. Would you stand with me? We're going to give you an opportunity. Just right where you are. I, I, I've also learned about those great vineyards. None of them pulled themselves up by the root and went to the altar. The gardener's on the scene, and he'll meet you where you are. And do what he must do. I don't know what that is. I know what he does in me. And sometimes it's not the same as yesterday or will be tomorrow. Trust him. Trust him. All you guys that are under 20, there's a couple of them up here. All of you that are under 20, this old guy is telling you that if you never hear it anywhere else, you'll hear it this morning. The smartest thing you can do before you're 21 is surrender all of that stuff in the future to him today. Lance and I figured out when you hit 21, it speed, it, life speeds up and you won't have time. And you won't feel, feel inclined. So bow your heads. Father, we're just a poor vessel a poor messenger that's been arrested in his own walk by the very presence of Jesus who said, come, follow me. 
And then you told the disciples, they did come and follow you for three and a half years. Now you're telling them to abide in you. And you also said, you can't go where I'm going. But your plan has always been in effect. And you said, Terry, until you're endued with power from on high. Saved from our sins and empowered to succeed as your followers in the kingdom. So if you, the Lord's dealing with a, a branch that needs to be pruned, would you say, Lord, in your heart, you, or you can come and kneel. It doesn't matter to me. But whatever it is the Lord to have you do, say, Lord, prune me as only you are qualified to do. And do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. I've not only decided to follow Jesus, but I've decided to be holy and acceptable in your sight. Obedient to the still, small voice of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Father, we give this the rest of this day and our preparations for Easter, we give it to you because that is the only message that's going to redeem this world. Nothing to do about faith community church, nothing to do about the church of the Nazarene or the Baptist or the Methodist or the whoever else. It's about you and your sacrifice for us and the empowerment of your spirit in us. We can do what you've called us to do because you said we could. And we thank you. I pray, Lord, that if anyone here this morning has said, Lord, prove me, show them how you're doing it and why you're doing it. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.